Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, the Utah Jazz are back at it again tonight. This time, it's the Portland Trailblazers and Damian Lillard. And I know that strikes fear in the hearts of some Jazz fans. Certainly, Jazz just went up to Portland, had a problem, lost the game. But the good news is the Jazz did beat Portland right after Christmas when the Blazers came here. And... It's not impossible. I know it feels like it when they've lost five in a row. And, you know, if it can go wrong, it will and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I think you go big picture. They have to pull out of this. How bad does it get before they pull out of it? An excellent question. And that I don't have the answer to, which is uh, too bad because I wish I did. Now, PK is going to be sporting the lucky hoodie. So, you know, that's supposed to turn everything around. And when you play a team like Portland this close together and they're not that good, you really ought to split with them. You ought to. They should have split with Denver, but they let Denver off the hook. We'll get to the pro basketball coming up. The college basketball, uh, BYU beat Portland 85-54. Oh, they messed around with them for a little bit, but then right before halftime, they went on a run, and coming out of halftime, they went on another run. And honestly, they turned the game off. It was boring. BYU was drubbing an inferior team. They got the win going away, 85-54. It's a 31-point win on the road. Yoli Childs did his thing. He had 22 points. Jake Toulson did his. He had 22 points. He was a ridiculous 8 of 10 from the floor and 6 of 8 from 3. Barcelo gave him 17 as well. And Portland shot 28%. And uh, Portland, as we like to say, is not good. They are 9-16. and 16. And BYU improves to 18-7 on the year. Now they come home to face San Francisco Saturday night. That's more intriguing. They went to San Francisco and lost. San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco and BYU, two most improved teams in the league this year. Uh, battling for that, uh, the right to say that. We'll see how that plays out. That's, uh, that's an intriguing game for the Cougars Saturday night. For the Utes. That was definitely an intriguing game. It was not an electrifying game. It was not really an entertaining game. But Utah have a lot of young guys. Stanford's a good team. Utah's at home. Can they compete? Can they grind out a win? And if they don't grind out a win, can they at least make it like the Oregon game where you walk away thinking, okay, they're not as good, but at least they battled. Mostly when Utah's been embarrassed, it's been on the road, really. Uh, they've been okay at home, and they had long, dry stretches again against Stanford. It reminded me a lot of the USC game on the road, where they battled really well with USC. It was close. They had their chances, and they didn't do it. And they didn't do it in that game largely because they gave up a 12-0 run in the middle of the second half, and they gave up a 6-0 run in the final minute. And, you know, with the game in the balance, there were three possessions for... USC and they scored and there were three possessions for the Utes and they didn't and there you go so in this game the Utes got off to a nice start I I couldn't believe they were going to blow Stanford out but there was 24-11 they were making shots the offense looked fluid the ball was moving and everything was going great and then boy things really ground to a stop and honestly Stanford wasn't much better and there were a lot of turnovers for both teams. And a few of the points they got didn't have anything to do with their offense. They just got out and, you know, you turn the ball over above the free throw line and teams have a chance to get out and run two on one, one on none, and uh, and get an easy bucket. And both teams benefited from that. Utah won the first half 28-22. Stanford won the second half 28-22. And it went to overtime. <laughs> and I really thought the difference – between this game and that USC game I was referencing was at the end of the game, Timmy Allen got the ball, got into the paint, and went to the hoop. 
drew contract and made the referees make a make a foul call. It was a block. And he missed one of the two free throws. It was 50-49. He missed one and he missed the first one. And he made the second, which man, that that was some pressure after you missed the first one over two and lose the game. But he knocked it down and got him to overtime. And Utah dominated there 14 to 6 and they win 64-56. So good win for the Utes. They picked that up at home. They moved to 13 and 9 on the year. They've got Cal coming in on Saturday. That's a chance to improve to 14 and 9 and to 5 and 6 in the league. They're 4 and 6 now with the Stanford win. And get back within a game of 500, you know, can they stay at 500 and Larry make a case for, you know, getting an, getting another year and uh, trying to see what he can do with the young guys, bring in another recruiting class, get some experience for these guys and see where it goes. But that was a good win because Stanford, uh, with that loss, they fall to 16-6. and six. They haven't been a great team on the road. They were talking about that on the Pac- Pac-12 Network post game, And I don't think that's something the youths need to con- concern themselves with. Whether teams come in and they're good on the road or whatever, the youths just need some wins. They just need to pick up some victories. And we'll see if they can break through on the road at some point. But they are largely holding serve at home here. And, you know, Oregon came in and got them, but I think Oregon's really good. So... We'll see how that plays out. Uh, but for the Utes, hey, in overtime, got the win. It's the second time they won in overtime this year. They beat BYU in overtime as well. So a couple of nice wins for the Utes in OT. And, man, it really changes the season when you win a handful of close games. You know, they're 13-9 and now. They lose two OT games. They're 11-11, and the, series, the season has a different feel. But they're 13-9. and They pick up a win. Let's see what they can do with Cal. Uh, coming up later today, we're going to have former Utah Athletic Director Chris Hill in studio. During this Cal game, which is a Saturday night, 6 o'clock tip at the Huntsman Center, uh, they are going to honor him and put his name up in the rafters. Uh, I don't know any more details above that. I mean, obviously, with Majerus, you know, with a player, you put the number up there. And with Majerus, they put the sweater up there because it was kind of his signature. So I don't know what they'll do exactly with Chris. But the point is, he's getting honored for 31 years of service. So we'll talk a little basketball with him and uh, talk a little bit about the Cal game and, and reminisce a little bit. But we want to get his... Um, opinion on how things are going in the Pac-12. There have been stories about UCLA and Cal being like $40 million in debt. Whew. 40. <laughs> and also that the SEC and the Big Ten are about to double Pac-12 uh, revenue. And the Pac-12 is still growing. I mean, there's a lot of negativity around the Pac-12 and around Larry Scott. But, you know, they're growing every year, a few percentage points and all that, and inching into the 30 millions and uh, being projected up near 40 million in a few years. But by then, SEC and Big Ten are supposed to be at 80 million. So they're just accelerating. And can the Pac-12 do that? We'll talk with Chris about that coming up. He's scheduled to join us in studio in the 9 o'clock hour. All right, coming up next, more on the Jazz and what's going on there. Craig Bullerjack, Joe Ingles join us late in yesterday's show. So for you early risers, we will get to them next. Stay with us. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, the Zone, and the Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, the Zone. PK, tonight, the Jazz try to win and avoid a sixth consecutive loss. 
That just sounds bad. It does, doesn't it? It do. What do they have to do? Well, they defended Denver better than anybody else in this stretch. The first half in Denver, when it was uh, 48-43 at the half, and then... Really, I thought they defended fine the entire game. I mean, you can break down you, any You possession. just look at the score to determine whether not they just, defended well. Not just that. It's not just that. It's what kind of shots are they hitting. And, and the thing is, when they got easy shots, it wasn't because the defense was bad. It's because the rebounding was bad. The offensive rebounds, I mean, 13 way too many. And Jokic is waiting in there and getting Well, that's ins. part of defense, though. The, the defense doesn't end until you have the ball. So that's what I say. You look at the score and you determine. Well, the fact is they gave up 13 offensive rebounds. That's not good defense. I think of it as poor rebounding. Yes, well, but it it's is not. attached to defense. It's, it all goes together. What do the Jazz have to do to get off the schneid? We talked with Craig Bullerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz, late in yesterday's show. Here he is. Buller, good morning. David James, Patrick Kinahan, how are you? Uh, we're, Sweet. We're fine, but I use the term good morning loosely. Yes, Booner uh, would use it because, you know, you open your eyes, you're breathing, and your feet hit the floor. That's how Booner yeah, judges brother, a good morning. Yeah, I, that's Booner. Yeah, Booner would be that way. But, <laughs> but for people who judge it based on how cold it is, how much snow is on the ground, or if the Jazz won the night before, well, it's not such a good morning. No, it's not. It is not. I've been pondering your call for since last night's game. So uh, hard to dive into it. But uh, I read your uh, your tweet this morning, DJ, about and, and fans' reaction to it. There are some interesting, um, you know, responses to to your question. Absolutely. I uh, wish I had answers, but we can work this out together. Hopefully. The defense looked. Much better. But in the last seven minutes, I thought the confidence level was shockingly low. The decision-making, all the turnovers, and then a couple of the offensive rebounds they gave up, those are just gut punches. Yeah. You know what? Uh, what's amazing is um, it was a game of runs back and forth. The other part of this equation is that Denver had seven healthy players that played, and you got 61 out of two of them in Jokic and Jamal Murray. Okay, but you move to the final, you know, six minutes of the game. The Jazz scored five points, uh, and you don't win basketball games anywhere, whether you're home or away, with that type of performance, along with the critical turnovers that occurred down the stretch. Um, you know, I think defensively they looked better. They played, you know, uh, as Quinn likes to call it, connected. And, you know, they knocked down 14 threes, a great start, had a lead of uh, 15 points and just couldn't hold on to it. And you you bring up a great point. I was surprised of the 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 turnovers which Eagles I guess makes you look like you're not confident and you're not connected. And you know, that's how it played out and Denver was just the opposite. They were on a mission knowing they were shorthanded and really took control of the game and were the more confident team. Uh that's just plain and simple they were and that's how you won games on the road. But I think what is more stunning is that Mike Malone was so short on his bench that this team just used that as a rallying cry, and and the Jazz just seemed to be a team that didn't understand, um, you know, 
I think I, I, for my chair, what I saw last night too was urgency, the lack of, in, in a race uh, that now you know includes teams that you have to beat to run yourself to the top of the West, and instead you you've taken a fall, five straight losses against teams that you have to beat, and now you lost two you know two consecutive games in a week to Denver. So yeah, it's it's a it's a it's an interesting time, a tough time uh, after the Jazz. Uh, we're beating teams they should have beaten, right? 19 of 21, uh, lesser opponents. And now against teams you have to win, the Jazz have uh, definitely struggled. And then you have to start talking about integrating Mike Conley, and we can go wherever you want from there. But the shots, uh, the ones he demands, the one that Bogdanovich demands, Donovan and Rudy, Joe stills in the starting lineup, but yet has become a less of an offensive uh, part of what the Jazz are doing right now. He's more of a facilitator, and that's really what he was doing when he struggled earlier in the season, but off the bench. Now, though, as a starter, there's just not that many shots to come his way, and I think that's another part of the discussion as well. How much of it is just snowballing, and they're losing confidence, and they get in the end of the game thinking, oh, no, here we go. So it's more of a mental thing, and with that in mind, a couple of wins would correct it. PK, I think this whole thing's mental. You know, our jobs are that way too. If you doubt yourself, you start to kind of, uh, you know, push and get off of uh, what you, what got you there, so to speak. Um, this team, you know, has two all stars, and that was another part of some of the responses this morning on Twitter. And that, you know, that's it, the Jazz have struggled since that announcement on that Thursday night a week or so ago. Um, they were they were struggling before. Uh, but I can't really believe that just because your name to an all-star team is, is going to put added would make you, you know, tumble like this as an t- entire team. I could see maybe a player, uh, maybe the pressure is a little high and you start to push a little bit, but you work through it. And hopefully the Jazz will. But, uh, you know, winning does always is, is the cure of all ills, PK, and I get it, but how do you get there? Because you have Portland tomorrow night. And you have, in the back of your mind, you're thinking about what Damian Lillard did just a few nights ago in Portland. And then you hit the road to play Harden and Westbrook. And then you have to go and play Porzingis and if Doncic is going to play with that ankle. So uh, then you finish with Miami prior to the All-Star break. So uh, this is this is if you want to test, this is it right before us. So when you say it's mostly mental, I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of stuff that's going on that's mental, but I think it comes in several different things. I think just recently now the losing streak's weighing on them because it felt like the way they lost the fifth game was different than the way they lost the first four. Maybe the all-star thing is part of that. Integrating Conley back in is part of that. Do you, I, I think Conley's playing fine now. Earlier he wasn't, but I think he's playing fine now. I think the hitch here is integrating him in and everybody knowing what their role is and what they're supposed to do. Sometimes it looks like there's a little hesitation, like, am I supposed to do that or is he? Yeah. Am I supposed to go get the ball? Am I supposed to let him? Should I give the ball up? And that little bit of hesitation, I think, makes you a lot easier to defend. Do you sense that hesitation in that when you're calling a game sometimes? You know, you kind of have the flow and you feel what's going on and then nothing's going on. You're like, guys, what? even I know something's supposed to come next. I can feel it. Yeah. No, that's another great point. I I think that equates into turnovers, too. If you hesitate, instead of just going with the flow and the natural flow of the game, there's just one little 
hitch giddy up or hiccup, you know, turns of you know has a has a turnover, and I saw that multiple times last night. You know, um, again, where the cutter would be positioned on the floor, ball handling, and if you even you know if you if you hesitate, then that's where some of the issues are starting to kind of swell up, in my opinion. Instead of just being in the flow. Uh, understanding where everybody's going to be. And, and I think, again, Mike's playing well. And I think, again, though, the integration part is part of the issue. And I'm, I keep looking at shots and, you know, where's Joe? But yet he has six assists last night. But, look, Donovan took 24 shots. Bogdanovich took 18. Mike took 13. And Gobert got 10. Um, and Joe got four. That's your starting lineup. And so Joe's going to have to work this out uh, and figure this out, too, on what his role is. But also he's the facilitator for Gobert. And, you know, Rudy, you know, was 7-10 last night. He got a double-double and 14 rebounds and 16 points. But yet, you know, Joe has to be a guy that's going to have to find his own shots. And I don't know if they're going to come to him as easy as they were uh, prior to Mike's return. So work in progress. It's a tough time to have it. But the Jazz are going to have to work through it, or they're going to take a tumble. They've gone from second to fifth in a matter of a week's time uh, in the Western Conference. And again, the schedule doesn't—excuse me—doesn't get you know any easier before the All-Star break. Now, granted, they've got home games, but last night again, you had a you had an opportunity to to to, to swipe away this this losing streak against you know a shorthanded Denver team, and it just couldn't get it done. Jokic, I'll be honest, dominates. He's he's an incredible talent. And Jamal Murray was a great, uh, you know, uh, partner for him last night of, of what they did against the Jazz. And you know, you get 61 points away. That's the other part is that there's there's just one or two players that have really stung the Jazz during this five game losing streak. Jokic is one. Jamal's another. You know, you throw in Gordon and Damian Lillard, and uh, you know, it's hard to say that one man or two men can beat you. But that's kind of what's happened lately. So Mitchell is the all-star. He usually leads the team in FGAs. He's only 23, though, and I'm wondering if he has enough cred to just say, guys, I'm the leader of this team. This is not going to happen. Here's what we're going to do. And if not, are they missing someone who can do that? Um, I think he's done it before PK. I don't think that he is is a guy that uh, is lacking in confidence. Again, I can't climb inside his head, but I was in the locker room last night, and this was not a place you want to be. Um, solemn, focused, um, self-like, you know, introspective of what we're doing. Donovan was right there, just in his chair. Uh, and again, it's a that's a situation you work through. Look, it's basketball. They're very good players on this team. All of a sudden, they just didn't become bad. Um, you know, talking to Matt and Thurl on broadcast, they both kind of predicted that they would go through this after the, the run of 19 of 21. And they know better than I do about the mindset of players and how this league and the schedule works. 82 games is a long run. And they both kind of thought, great, you know, you're winning and you're winning big and you have incredible amount of confidence. And all of a sudden, you stumble once, twice, three, four, five times. And now you have to work through that, um, the doubt and what's happened. But it comes against teams, too, and I think that's where fans are, are you know, disturbed because these are teams you have to beat if you want to climb in to a competitive spot as a number two or, or win the West. 
and I think that's what makes this even more disturbing is because it's the teams you're losing you're losing to. Well, if I start talking about acceptable losses, PK's liable to lean over and take a swipe at me. You know, his New Jersey roots, he just can't handle that. Can't but, handle it, no. But, but when I look at these five games, I, I get why they lost in Denver, and I even get why they lost in Portland, and I'm completely with Matt and Thurl. When you've been hot and you get cold, it tends to snowball. And it's just how quickly did you dig yourself out of it. But Houston and Denver were really shorthanded, and San Antonio is not that good. So there's, to me, there's three losses in this that are way uglier than the other two. And, okay, so it happens, but when you're up by 10 in the fourth quarter, 15 in the third, 10 in the fourth, yeah. uh, I, I, I thought they had it solved and they were going to win the game, and then the last seven minutes were awful. You ought to see some of the stuff that we've been sent on Twitter just in the last 15 minutes when you hang up, go look at it. Jeff Goldblum staring at a big, uh, taking the glasses off, staring at a big pile of dinosaur oh, dung. That. You saw that? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That a Jurassic Park reference. Uh-huh. Yep, that was good. That, that, and that really does sum up the last seven minutes. Even the, most, even the most positive jazz fan can't find anything in those last seven minutes. They were a mess. Well, you know, I'm looking at my score sheet last night, too. In the fourth quarter, Ingles did not score. Uh, Clarkson had five points but was not used in that closing lineup. Uh, Royce O'Neal um, did not uh, did not uh, score. There was really nothing from the bench. It was basically left up to Donovan Conley and, and Rudy Gobert, and you had one bucket from Bogdanovich in the fourth quarter. So, you know, Jazz will be back at practice today. Uh, another game tomorrow. I thought the two get the two days off was something that you know that hadn't had occurred. I think in, since early December. Think about that, two days of practice where you can actually go out and work together. And Quinn told me last night Clarkson had only practiced with the Jazz twice uh, prior to the two days uh, since he since a trade was made with Cleveland. Uh, but it's amazing Clarkson was able to integrate himself very quickly. And so that's the other part of the conversation is why is this an issue to integrate another player back into the lineup? Well, he's a starter for one. I get it. He's going to command offense uh, and touches. Uh, and the rest of the team is just going to have to try to figure this out, you know, Joe being one of them. Um, and, again, I think the other part of the discussion is, you know, when you talk to Quinn about starters and closers, that's the other part of this discussion, too, is, you know, do you stay with a hot hand or you to continue with rotations? And that's up to Quinn Snyder on how, he's, how he sees and feels it. Um, and, and, again, last night was just just a strange game again where a team just seemed to be more passionate at the moment than the Jazz. And then again, doubt begins to set in, PK. Uh, and as you guys know, we've been around this sport a long time. The mental side, the confidence side of this really weighs heavy in all the equations of wins and losses. And we didn't discuss this at all when the Jazz had won you know, 19 of 21 because they had such an incredible amount of continuity. Gosh, it was just a thing of beauty watching the way the ball moved around the floor. We saw some of that again last night, but basically a collapse in the fourth quarter. And where that confidence went, I don't know. Uh, they're going to have to you know, find that out for themselves. Well, we'll ask Joe Ingles. He's going to join us next. Bowler, thanks for a few minutes. Absolutely, guys. See you soon. There's Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. When we come back, we get Joe Ingles' take. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. 
from Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Five straight losses, Jazz fans in agony, Joe Ingles joined us. And Joe is, I think in a word, compartmentalizing, PK. Uh, yeah, sure. He did. He definitely did that. No, I, I think that's, a, that's fine. At home, it's all fun and games. But then you get to work, and there's film, and there's practice, and there's Quinn Snyder spotting the things that have got to be changed. Here's Joe talking about it with PK and I on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hey, yeah! This is The Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz, Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (coughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe, good morning. Good morning. How are we doing? Uh, Well, you know how jazz fans really love the team and the game's crazy and it's really fun to win? All that yep. energy during a losing streak doesn't go away. It goes into what's wrong, this is wrong, that's wrong, he's wrong, they're wrong. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's <laughs> been like a big old therapy session since the uh, – well, really, uh, even since the Rockets lost. Who are we kidding? Even one loss can send people into a tailspin. I had a great morning. I would got to drop my daughter at school and um, hang out with her this morning and see Jacob. So, um my morning started off really well. So we'll go into practice now. And as we do when we win 19 out of whatever, 21, and when we lose five, we go and watch film and learn what we're doing good and bad and, and try and fix it. Do you feel any sense, I don't know if obligation is the right word, but a connection to try to win for the fans? Because I'm sure you've known being here for six years just how passionate they are. Oh, absolutely. Um not that it changes on the home or road, because um, I think if you're a jazz fan, you watch <laughs> religiously wherever, wherever we're playing yeah. or whoever we're playing. Um, but definitely, obviously, kind of more at home and you feel it at home because they're there. They're sitting right there and they've, kind of like we've talked about before, they've, they've paid a lot of money to come and watch us play and, and they won good results and um, and so do we. We obviously, like I've also said, we, we never go out there planning to lose or wanting to lose, but um, we're also, I don't think any team's ever gone 82-0. So there's um, there's going to be ups and downs, like there is in a, in a single game of, of teams on our runs. There's going to be um, times that we, we lose some games that we maybe we should win or we, we shouldn't have lost or whatever it is, but... Um, Obviously, being here as long as I've, I think, I think after me and Rudy are the kind of the two longest-serving guys now. Um, 
yeah, you feel it because you know how passionate they are about it. So it's it's never fun to to lose, especially at home. And um, yeah, obviously we haven't been been playing our best, so it's it's on us to sort that out, fix it out, and um, fix it, and, and kind of come out whenever Friday and and do everything we can to to get a win and break the streak. You know, the first four games, I thought some of the problems through those games were kind of the same issues you were dealing with, and I thought you solved a lot of them. I thought the defense uh, was way better. But the confidence level the last seven minutes, it seemed like the offense just got stuck in mud, and it had been pretty good for stretches earlier in the game. You got any idea what happened in those final seven or so minutes when everything got turned upside down? I mean, I think the Probably the biggest part was we had. I think we had seven turnovers. Kirk said last night in the last um, like six or seven minutes or whatever it was. Um, I think defensively we were pretty good for for a lot of the game. Um, obviously, with them only having kind of seven eight guys, they were going to play free and play just kind of just let it let it play. Let, let, there was not, not, no no one was getting benched from their team for making a mistake because they didn't have enough people. So I think we knew they were going to go out there and play free and just, just kind of, not freestyle, but just kind of do what they do. And um, I think Jokic, with the numbers, he's got, like, he was out there 43 minutes. He was obviously going to touch the ball a lot. And, um, regardless, they had, I think they had 96 or 94 or whatever they had for the game. Um, so I think defensively we were, we were pretty solid. I think, like you said, I think offensively at times we, we showed the way we... The, the way we uh, are really effective and then and obviously other times with turnovers and stuff like that it um it hurts especially especially having six or seven in those last however long it was in the game because that's when obviously i think defensively we were like i said we're pretty solid but if we're not scoring then your defense has to be really really good um and i think like i said we we held out defensively for a while but having those turnovers and not getting attempts up and um I think it was Tory Craig had a couple offensive rebounds at a, at a crucial time, and um, when a team's kind of as desperate as they were with with seven guys, that that changes the game and and obviously results in a, a loss for us. So during the heart of the win streak, you had scored in double figures, I think, in seven consecutive games. I know it because I'm looking at it right now. And obviously during the losing streak, you haven't scored in double figures in any of the games. I don't know that it's going to change as far as your number of field goal attempts. So my thought for you is if it stays this way, what can you do to help the team win outside of shooting and scoring? I can play defense, I can rebound, I can move the ball and get my teammates involved, um, and I can obviously shoot when, when it's open or when I when I get a look. So, um, yeah, I think it's... it's Not that it's, it's different. We, we've, offensively, I don't think we've, we've really had a, that big a problem in, in too many games. We, we were averaging 120-something points a game for a little while there. Um, I don't know what we are now, kind of over this streak or over the months of January, February, whatever. Um, but I think offensively we've got, uh, I think, I mean, we, everyone knows how much talent we've got offensively and um, what we've always kind of preached since I've been at the Jazz is, is, is unselfishness. And, um, moving the ball and playing together and, and getting the best shot we can, whether that's, 
Donovan playing a pick and roll with Rudy and shooting the first one. If that's a great shot in, in the flow of our offense, then shoot it. If it's moving the ball side to side five times and getting a, a layup at the end of it, then, then that's what we do. And um, I feel like I embrace that maybe maybe more than anyone. I think that's what that's what I can really do to help the team by being out there to move the ball. Um, we've talked about this a million times. If the shot's there, I'm going to shoot it. But if it's not, I'm going to move the ball and try and get a good shot for our team. Um, whether that results in me shooting three shots or 15 shots um, is going to be different throughout the year. Um, I think it, I mean, it's, it's obviously clear, like when Mike's not playing, I'm going to have the ball more and, and there's more shots available when he is. and He's been playing unbelievable. So we just figure it out. I'm not going to go home and be upset because I shot I don't even know how many shots I shot. That's how much I care about it. Um, that's how we play. We've always played that way. And, um, I mean, it's been pretty successful um, over the time, and we just got to we just got to keep playing like that. I think we're we're going to keep figuring it out, keep figuring out different things, and playing a couple of new little new little offenses to to to, to hope, obviously hopefully get good shots for our team. And um, like I said, I think we will. I think we'll continue to get them. At times on offense to us, and this may be you know, just completely up in the night, I'll just say me, although I think other people you know, watching the game see the same thing. But when I'm watching it, it looks like offensively, sometimes you're really in the flow and everybody knows where the ball is going. And it was really happening in the first quarter of that Nugget game. And, and you got a lot of good shots, and different guys got hot. Gobert had some dunks, Bogey hit a three, and then Mike hit a bunch of threes. But there are other stretches in the game, and especially when there are a lot of turnovers, it looks like there's just a little bit of hesitation. Are the roles clearly defined? Does everybody know what's going on? Because you're thinking just a little bit. It throws the timing off, maybe the spacing, and next thing you know, you're turning the ball over. Do you feel like with Mike coming back and different guys in different roles that everybody knows exactly and you're all on the same page? Uh, yeah, uh, I think for, for kind of more than not, uh, I think there's – there's definitely times in in every game um, that you like you every every team's got their their kind of flow offense. They run pretty consistently, and you get up and down, and that's what you're in most of the time. And then there's other times that you pick and choose who you want to attack, or, or, or def- obviously defensively, if there's someone, or if if Donovan's feeling it, or Mike's feeling it, something that we can get them a shot. And sometimes those shots might be a little bit more contested or something, but that's what we want to run because Donovan's feeling it or, or whatever it is. And we, we have obviously have confidence in our guys that when we run something for someone, we can execute pretty well and, and get a good look. Um, there's, I mean, there's always going to be times that, who knows if it's a, a miscommunication or, or whatever it is, that someone's in the wrong spot or cuts too early. Or... The funny thing too is like, we're playing in it like they're, they're trying as well. They're really trying to stop us as we are trying to score. So um, there's times that teams might just play good defense. They might be in the right spot or they might beat me to a spot or beat Donovan or get underneath and not let Rudy roll, whatever that, that kind of option is. Um, but, I mean, there's always, there's no doubt, there's always um, things we can can tighten up and fix and, and be better at. I, I, I would never. I don't think I've ever come on this show and said we've been been perfect. Or, um, even on our when we won nineteen or whatever it was, there was we were we were watching the same film and, and coach was getting mad at the same things of, of stuff that we continually were doing wrong or 
um, stuff that we'd done consecutively in a game. So, um, I mean, we're not. I'm, I'm definitely not going to ride the highs and lows. I, I understand the the frustration part of it from from a fan, or from, and obviously we we go in there and we we watch film and we practice and we um, we don't take it lightheartedly. We don't. We're not all throwing a party every night at the moment, but. <laughs> Um, I guess with my situation and the perspective, it's it is a it is a game, and I'm going to enjoy my time with my family when I can, and when I go to practice, we we do what we do. So um, I have no doubt we'll, we'll turn it around as a group, and we'll be better, and we'll play well, and we'll win a lot more games this year. And um, this five game streak or, or whatever it is will will be a, a distant memory. So. When you started playing big minutes, I think you'd come on and I would try to say, Joe, you got to shoot more. And you'd just basically <laughs> tell me to do something to myself. And, you know, <laughs> you know you've been consistent. I got to say, even, even today, you're consistent on you don't even know how many shots you take. So there's no point in asking you to shoot more because you're, you're, you're going to give the same answer every time. And I respect that. I've got no problem with that. I want to. You hate it. Deep down inside, you hate it. <laughs> no, he and doesn't. I love it. He doesn't, but I'll tell you this, Joe, I do, with the passion of a thousand well, There's no point in telling you to shoot more because you're just going to flip me off, and so it's a waste of time. I'll, I'll guarantee you I'll shoot more if it's the right shot. In right, the right, you're right. I promise you. You're absolutely right, and I get that 100%. But my thought for you is how hard is it to find any kind of rhythm shooting when you're not shooting a lot? You get what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. So how hard is it then? <laughs> um, I mean, not really. It's not like I, I run up and down the court and like don't touch the ball at all. Like I don't. Like I, I still run a bit of point. I, I obviously am involved in, in different sets and different whatever it is, and I run down the ball. I've got every freedom in the world to take it down the court. And, um. It's yeah. I don't. I, I think uh, if uh, I mean, I feel like I do enough behind the scenes and at practice and pre-game and post-game or whatever it is. To if I get if I have one shot for the game and I it's a clean good look, I feel like I am going to make the shot. Yeah. Um. Like, do I make them all? No. Is everybody? Is anybody perfect? No. But I feel like I do enough work to if if I shoot one shot or, or twenty shots. Um. I feel like it's going to go in, um, and that's that's. Uh, I think anyone in our team, I think you you feel um, confident in in what we do, what we do behind the scenes, the film we watch, the practice we do. Um, that if we we get a good look, we're, we're going to take it. And like I said, if that's one or, or, or twenty. So I guess the thing I would say to uh, follow up on PK is that uh, you know, you're a good teammate. You want to get everyone else involved. And if you've ever played at any level, even if it's just a three-on-three pickup game with someone who won't pass, it, ju- it just irritates everybody. And you go overboard in how you play and what you say to make sure everybody knows you're going to move the ball. I wonder, and you probably can't answer this because you can't step outside yourself, I wonder if you fully appreciate the positive impact you have on the team when you shoot. Um, I don't know, maybe not. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, as, like I said, as boring as it is, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the right way. I've always played that way. Um, I'm never going to... 
my my biggest joy is is obviously is obviously winning. Um, yeah. What comes with that is is being a good teammate and moving the ball and getting my teammates involved and um, not that anyone out there is I don't think anyone out there plays for stats or plays for individual accolades or anything like that. Um, they're great and they they like having two all stars is unbelievable and those guys thoroughly deserve it. Um, I, I couldn't care less if I make anything or don't make anything or whatever it is. I want to win win games and um, and help my teammates. And I think I, I can do that at a high level. And um, that's what I enjoy doing. That's what first got me into the game. I started playing because I wanted to play with teammates and enjoy the, the fun of having teammates and playing with them. And um, if not, I would have gone and played an individual sport that was purely based on whether I was good or not and if I was then great if I wasn't then it's your fault um, <laughs> that's why I personally hate sports but um, that's why I started playing to that exact reason what you're talking about and, um, I understand I mean there's there's obviously been games and I've, I've shot a lot shots and we win and I'm sure it's happened the other way I'm sure we've um, I'm sure we've lost a lot of games with me shooting a lot, um, but like I said, it's I'm going to play the right way, and um, the right way for me is is getting my teammates involved, playing defense, and obviously, obviously trying to win. So, um, what's been happening in the last five? Maybe I can be more aggressive and and try and figure it out. And um, like you said, maybe that's what we we need a little bit more. Um, like I said, we'll go in. I'm about to have breakfast with my wife now, which I don't ever get to do, which I'm really excited about. And then I'm going to go into practice and watch film and get better. And if that's the coach is telling me to be more aggressive, then I'll put my head down and, and be more aggressive. So next week, Joe Quick, at this time, is All-Star break. How important is it to have some momentum going into All-Star, All-Star break for the team? I mean, All-Star break or not, we want momentum. <laughs> yeah, okay. At any point, especially yeah. right now. Um, you do. I mean, we don't want to go. In. I don't know how many. Got. I think we got three left, maybe four, four left. Four. Um, we don't want to go in with a eight, nine, whatever game losing streak. Um, we obviously want to go in with with a good feeling, and then kind of have your break and get refreshed and and start the season again um, on the right foot. So um, yeah, I think we 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 do what we can to, to play as well as we can and get some wins in these next four. And then we, we regardless of what our record is or streak or wins or losses or whatever, we go into the break and everyone uses that um, smartly and, and we come back and, and be ready to go for that for that kind of last chunk of the season. Jazz fans also wanted you and Bogey in the three-point shootout, but I take from reading social media that that's Zach Lowe's fault. <laughs> A part of it is. Um, I can't believe he... If you listen to the podcast that I did with Zach, he heavily favours other people to go in. He's never, ever supported me doing it, so I'm a bit disappointed in him. Um, but, again, like I said before, I absolutely could not care less because it means I get to spend six, seven days with my family and the kids and, um, yeah, just enjoy some time with, with the three people that mean the most. We'll go have breakfast with your wife. Thanks for a few minutes uh, with jazz fans, and we will... Uh, Flat white with the extra shot. Nice and strong. 
It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll see you Friday night Have against Portland. There's Joe Ingles on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. He joins us every week, usually on Thursdays. And when he does, we replay, replay it for you, the early risers here on Friday morning. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines, college hoops with the Utes and Cougars playing last night. And we will get to that next. Stay with us.